Blenders, and welcome, welcome to episode number 100 of the Real Blend Podcast, a podcast that is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Let me hear you. Oh my God, we love that you guys are here. Uh, this is an incredible uh, day for us. We're so happy to be here in Washington, D.C. celebrating the show and celebrating all of you guys who listen to us on a regular basis. I'm going to go right into introductions, and I'm going to start with the most handsome man on the show, the one who is still trying to tell me that Rise of Skywalker is a good movie, Mr. Jake Hamilton of Chicago. Wait, are you doing the me being the most 32. handsome man on the show or the Skywalker thing? Because it could go either way. Hi, Jakey. How are you? Doing well, man. Good to see you. What if I quit... This show. show? <laughs> Try to do it at the end. If you could do it at the end, because we need you for the bulk of the show. Uh, and on my right-hand side and your left, uh, his backyard, Washington, D.C., Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in hey, Washington, D.C. Hello, Kevin. I, I, I love that Jake is on your left. You know, you, you think about that. Seriously. Thank you very much. But Hopefully I, I, this show is say, more successful than Endgame. Yeah, Jake and Gabe, yeah. <laughs> Jake and Gabe one. are staying at my house this weekend. And Jake came out of the basement this morning looking like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Like, like, like uh, this, is, this is just morning coffee hangout. This is not like he was ready to go on television this morning at like 9.30 a.m. You had like your hair was done, white shirt. You Come on, man. Also, I was going to wait a little bit to point it out. It's the Chris Evans sweater from Knives Out. Does everybody else know? To be fair, I owned this sweater before Knives Knives Out was released, so I like to think Chris Evans has a Jake Hamilton sweater. That's very true. true. All right, today's show. Also, I'm Sean O'Connell, the managing director of Cinema Blend. I got to get the. Yeah! Sean is the reason this podcast exists. Well, Sean put not, us together. Not necessarily. Yeah, it yes, is. Very much. True. Thank you very much. We want to thank, oh, we want to thank uh, AMC 14 uh, Georgetown, AMC Theaters, for giving us this amazing space. We're so happy to be able to do it here, to have an organized space. We. It's really funny, the, these meetups, per se, started out um, on a random London day when all of us were there for a junket, and we decided we were going to go to a pub and see who would come, and five people showed up, which to us blew our minds. London. Yeah. And we're not, none of us are British. Like, no. It was very weird. Like, yes. like there were five people that happened to be somehow in London yes. that listened to our show. And came and hung out with us for an afternoon. Yeah, it was a great day. Then we did Chicago. I know I have a Chicago crew here. Absolutely. Chicago! Yes. Chicago chapter is here. And 25 people showed up. Um, and now the fact that we have a theater filled with people is mind-blowing yep. to us. So, And thank you to AMC for giving us the space. So, as part of the show today, uh, we're going to do our, it's going to be a normal show with all the different segments that we normally do. We're going to do our five most anticipated films of 2020 and tell you guys why they are uh, important to us. We're going to play a blend game later on. I hope everybody brought some picks. Uh, it'll be the 2010 blend. You guys will come up and tell us what your favorite movie from the last decade was and explain to us why that is your pick. Uh, favorite, not best, as we know. When you uh, come up to do that point, and I will remind everybody about this, uh, you can have your pick. You can have a question uh, for us if you want to, a sort of interview the interviewers component. Uh, or if you have a terrible pun, that's your time to share it. And, and seriously- I want puns, we, as many as, as possible. We've been talking about this in the car. We want the pun to be so uncomfortable- Awful. That, that everyone else in the theater questions why they did this I want today. people in all the other yeah. 13 theaters to be offended I by question them. every show why I do this. Yes. And I, uh, so that would be part of the blend game in the audience Q&A, and 
that'll close out the show. Before we uh, advance, I want to point out the fact that we uh, do have a very special guest who was able to join us for this episode, a celebrity guest. We do? Per se. Uh, we weren't able to get Quentin, uh, <laughs> though, believe me, we tried, uh, but he's um, very busy right now. However, uh, Kevin's mom is here. The, yes. the actual Kevin's mom There's is my here. Mom right Everybody, there. please give her a standing ovation. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were making a joke earlier today that if no one showed up for this event, that would be the whole twist was that everyone was my mom to begin with. The entire time that every fan was our mom. And she would come yeah. in and say, Kevin, I finally have to tell I'm you sorry. something. <laughs> I'm really sorry. You were right. None of the people exist and it was yeah. all me. So um, we are going <laughs> to dive right into, okay, our most anticipated films of 2020. And the way that we put this list together is that we all came up with our five picks and then we decided that our number ones were going to stick no matter what. Right. And then we collectively debated what the other two were going to be. And we had three different number ones, which is kind of nice. We did have three different number ones. We're going to tell you why they are our number ones collectively. Weirdly enough, Sean's was Rise of Skywalker for 2020. I, I, don't, I don't know I why. I can't wait to see it again. I've released the JJ yep. cut. Yeah. You know the, <laughs> did you guys know that they fly now? They do fly now. They, they fly now. They fly now. Yeah. Uh, I refuse to participate in this bit. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, I'll let Jake go with number five because it's one of the ones I think that you were fighting for the most to be included. Yeah. Uh, and this would be Tom Cruise's film, yeah. uh, Top Gun Maverick. Well, th there are a lot of films on our list that you'll understand are director driven. We're picking them because of who they are directed by. But I think Tom Cruise is one of the few remaining actors, um, out there who, if he has a movie coming out, doesn't really matter what it is. I pay attention to it. Him returning to Top Gun. I can't imagine he would risk soiling, uh, you know, the Tony Scott legend. Right. Um, so, and honestly, just the trailer looks great. Everything about that looks fantastic. You know, he literally puts, puts his life at risk for us to be enjoy, you know, to have a good time at the theater. Um, I think it's just going to be the epitome of a great theatrical experience and his involvement says this is something worth paying attention to. Now I'll play devil's advocate. Bring it. We've gone down this nostalgia path yep. on, on a couple of franchises yeah. before and have been burned. Do I got to bring this down? You got to bring that okay, down. Okay, I'm just like, okay, asking like, like, No, but he's, he's right. An example of what? Like, he's give, give me an example. Right. Yeah. Well, the, right. the female Ghostbusters, for for one example, I don't I don't hate that movie I like necessarily. That film. I like. Um, I don't think the movie's bad. Um, God, now I can't like 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 Rise of Skywalker. No, I'm only kidding. Not Rise ah. of Skywalker. Um, that's a good one, sure. Uh, the new Terminator film, which none of us agree is good. Right. There you go. No but offense to Tim Miller, who was on the show. Thank you very much for coming on Real Blend. <laughs> Thank you, Linda Tim and Miller. Hamilton had a lot, or Linda and Schwarzenegger had a lot less to risk. Like like Tom Cruise, like oh, like, like Arnold yeah, and and Arnold is grasping at straws at the, in terms of, of trying to connect at something that's, very that's really going with people. For Tom sure. is still at the top of his game, and the director of the original has passed away. He would not risk that's what bothered doing me. anything that makes you not want to so, see it. No no no. Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick is genuinely it would be in my top most anticipated movies of the year. But because Tony Scott is no longer with us. Uh, before I saw the trailers for the movie, I was completely against every aspect of a Top Gun sequel because you can't do it without Tony Scott. But, you, Tony but you're Scott, excited to see Bad Boys without there being Michael Bay. I, but we've, we've been discussing recently that Bad Boys 3 might be a disaster because Bay's not involved. So yeah, Look how uh, much better Star Wars was without Ryan Johnson. That is that is true. Yeah, yeah. You oh, are in the minority, That's sir. what turns the crowd. Thank you, crowd. Thank you. Wait, are, mo are most people who listen to our show uh, Jedi fans? Last Jedi fans? Most people aren't Last Jedi fans. All right, yeah, All Force right. Awakens. So then naturally Rise of Skywalker as well. You, you right. got like one and the other. It's a mix. But with, right, without Tony Scott returning, that's what that's what bothered me. But when Kilmore got connected to it, 
Tom Cruise. I love Miles Teller. I think Teller after Whiplash. You do? I, I think he's, he's an amazing actor. You don't believe? You don't agree with that? You don't think Whiplash was great? No, I think Whiplash was great. He but it wasn't why? great because of him. Whiplash is great because of him and J.K. Simmons. No. <laughs> 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 okay, um, but, but I think uh, without Tom, without uh, Tony Scott, Kaczynski stepping in was interesting. I loved what he did with Tron Legacy. I still think Tron Legacy was really well done, to be honest. It's actually on Disney Plus. I watched it the other day. I mean, there is some stuff that doesn't work, but it's an awesome action film. That score, though. Uh, the score, the Daft Punk score, the Daft Punk cameo. Um, but when the trailer hit for Top Gun and you saw Cruz taking those eight Gs to his face, um, that to me, he is such a... He's such an embodiment of somebody who actually cares about the way audiences are immersed in his films. So, like, you know, if you think about, like, you guys all pay pay money to watch movies in a theater, and if it's done half-assed, you'll know that as an audience. Tom member. does it whole ass. Right, whole ass. Um, so if you think <laughs> if you think about it, though, but it, it, it does make a difference to see Tom Cruise hanging off the side of an airplane in Fallout. It makes it, or uh, Rogue Nation. It, it makes a difference to like, see Who, who are the in, actors that, that people will pay to go see a movie because they're in? Like Tom Cruise, The Rock, but see, Denzel, I don't, I don't think Cruise. I don't think people go see movies for Cruise. They go see, think about his movies. Ah, what movies do well? Mission Impossible. Missions Impossible do well because they're branding. Edge Top Gun will do barely well. did because was a positive word of mouth. Yeah, but American uh, Made, whatever that movie was, yeah. Oblivion. I don't think. Oblivion, oh, Oblivion did okay. Did okay. Yeah. okay, but you can't like you can't be bad. No one because, bats a thousand. But because people go to see the movies and they're good, right? He makes he good makes movies. good movies. Yes, he makes. Which is why I'm Top Gun should be on your list. I feel like I'm like defending Top Gun. No, 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 no. It's on the list. It's We're on the talking list. about it right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm like on like, the defense. <laughs> no, but there there was a hesitation on my part because Tony Scott. And I was just like, why even, even Quentin Tarantino, not to name drop, but on our podcast. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a valid name drop. It is. Yes. But didn't he say he asked Tom Cruise in our, we had a two and a half hour interview with him in New York for Hollywood, which was If you haven't heard incredible. about that. Um, <laughs> and you're not following us on social. But he did, didn't he ask Tom Cruise that exact question? That yeah, I'm why having, are you doing Why this? are you doing this? Without Tony. Without Tony Scott. And Tony Scott obviously directed <clears throat> uh, amazing films. So yes. I, I, I think Kaczynski has maybe, Maybe he's bringing in that Tony vibe, but having, I mean, he did, I have a question. Tony would not, I mean, Tom would not do this unless it like respected what Tony Correct. did. But I have a question because, so Cruz, I would argue that Cruz recently has become this stunt guy, right? Like with the Mission Impossible films from like, maybe like Ghost Protocol was like really what it put out there. Like Tom right. Cruise is doing all these amazing stunts, night and day, things like that. The original Top Gun, did, did he do the flying in that one? Yeah. Was that one as realistic so. as this one? Yes, was he doing that everything. back then? Yes. Was he doing this he back then? He's always done everything. Yes. He always has done these types of stuff. I mean, I don't know for 100% for sure, but yes. I, I, I would love to don't, know. If the don't anybody Top fact Gun. check me in real time, but I, I'm pretty sure that he did. I want to know if Top Gun 1 was done the way Top Gun 2 was done. I also want to, I'm not going to try to break the fourth wall that often, but it's really distracting that I'm the only one who can see Gabe, and, can, he, and he looks down at his watch. What direction do you think I'm looking? Oh, yeah, you are looking, that's right. <laughs> and you can see Gabe check so the his watch. The one person that needs to see Gabe can't. We had a lot of discussions about the, the person who is wrapped the most on this show cannot see Gabe. Kevin, Thank do you happen to really know uh, Tom Cruise's oh God, no. favorite no. Rise of Skywalker character? Tom Cruise's favorite Rise of Skywalker character. He has one in particular that he was really invested in the backstory of this character. Was this character in the new trilogy uh, just in the new trilogy? Yes, no, no, just in the new trilogy. Okay. But I don't want to give you too many hints. All right. But Tom Cruise for a long time has loved this Rise of Skywalker character. Character. Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm blank. Anyone, anyone else want to help me out here? 
top fin? No, nah, that could work. Jakey? Jakey, any guesses? I, I fucking hate this show. <laughs> uh, it's a few good a few good Ben Solo. Oh. A few good Ben Solo. A few good Ben Solo. Hey, thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. How that was that was, game? Uh, Mission accomplished, I'm guys. now questioning why I'm here. <laughs> a few good Ben I'm Solo. I'm now questioning why I'm here. Okay. You guys, uh, you guys I, with this, this is a great moment for me <laughs> to do this live. Wrap it up. Are you going to wrap us up? Yeah, wrap it up. Okay, wrap okay, it up. Right. The pun is enough. Right. The next Terrible one. Wait, do you have the power to cut our mics? <laughs> yeah, I really do. The next one, I'm going to defer to uh, to Kevin. Uh, it, again, we all collectively agreed on number five and number four, but this is for Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, and... Yeah. So I have this on my list because of Patty Jenkins. She's the entire reason why this film uh, is important to me because uh, she's also one of the few filmmakers who's still shooting 35 and, and, and you know, Wonder Woman 1 and this 1984 film, it's just that grain, that grittiness that it just feels DC. And I think DC was so good about letting these filmmakers shoot on film. I mean, obviously Snyder shot Man of Steel on film. And so I just think Patty Jenkins is truly an artist. She's, um, who actually is credited for the Wonder Woman score? Is it Junkie XL plus Hans Zimmer's for his theme for BVS? Okay. So I'm, I'm, I just thought the score in the first one was so great. I think Patty's such a great visionary filmmaker. Um, a lot of things, I don't necessarily love the third act of Wonder Woman one, but the, 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 the relationship building, I think I'm just really curious. It's chaotic. Yeah. But how is Pine returning unaged? There's a, isn't there a character that he's supposed to be? He's not supposed to be. Is he not being. Steve? I thought he was like, isn't there a villain that, and I don't know the Wonder Woman world well, I but isn't there a- I thought he had a grandson. We, shout loudly. We got, we got audience members. Or actually, come down to the yeah, mic. Come, come down, down to the, the mic. mic. Come, come down, down to the mic. Yeah, yeah, come down. So we're, we're, talk, we're discussing Steve from, uh, from Wonder Woman, how, if you blew up in an airplane- Steve still, Trevor. Steve Trevor is Steve still Trevor's alive. supposedly having a grandson. Uh, what is your name, sir? Hey, I'm Sam Stone. Am I on? Yeah, Sam, you're on. Cool. Uh, yeah, I write for Comic Book Resources, so oh, perfect. I Thank know, you. right? So, what uh, would you know? This is a <laughs> great. <laughs> Pedro Pascal's character is Maxwell Lord. Right. Maxwell figures into this plot. He gives all these characters. He promises all these characters what they want the most. What does Gal Gadot's Diana Prince want oh, the most? Steve right back. Right. Wow. But like everything, it's a wish on the monkey's paw. But he's unaged. How? Because he, wow. well, I mean, his, that's the I want to know the answer right? to this. I, I'll say maybe don't expect Steve to stick around after 1984. Oh. But yeah, it's a wish on the monkey's paw. Yo, that, that's the big mystery. All right. All right. I'm all in. Thank well you done. for that. Well Thank you very much. Well, yeah, so. Get upstage to the hosts. I just think that Gal Gadot was born <laughs> also, to play the role. Also, we've seen no movies this week. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, Patty Jenkins is the reason. So that's my, that's that, uh, no question Wonder Woman 1984. And plus, uh, we're sitting in D.C. right now. They shot a lot of it here. Yes. So uh, Landmark Mall. Yes. was the mall they shot at. It, it's funny, in the trailer, and I hate that I do this, but we watched Stranger Things 3 recently. No, we watched Stranger Things 3 recently, right? And that brought back that whole 80s mall vibe, right? So now when I see the 80s mall in this movie, I think Stranger Things 3, but I shouldn't be thinking that. That's what all malls in the 80s look like. reference. I know, but because it's so fresh in my mind, yeah. why do I go to Stranger Things immediately? Right, that's fair. That's a little strange. Yeah, yeah. I know that actually wasn't a pun. That wasn't a pun. Really my wasn't. hope. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that I was, wasn't trying to. That was yeah, terrible. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, my, I'm curious to see what these standalone sequels are going to be because it feels like they're going in this direction. Aquaman's going to get a sequel. Shazam is going to get a don't sequel. Sequelize Aquaman. They're going to. Awful. Pitbull has Sorry. songs he needs to get. What do you, more Pit, Pitbull songs? Pitbull has songs he needs to get into you movies. Were, you were telling me that a, a movie that featured a beach shot yes. of uh, of, of uh, Jason Momoa walking yes. out of the water while yeah. a Pitbull song covered yes. Toto's Africa yes. is a good choice. Yes, that was a good choice. Yes. Okay. I'm telling you that is a good choice. This is a guy who hates Forrest Gump. Come on, that's ridiculous. 
Sure. If you haven't noticed Sean's statement. shirt. By the way, true. Yes, we all see my shirt at the meetup. I love you, Sean. Okay. Uh, Jakey, anything to add on Wonder Woman? No, I, I'm excited about it. You're I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman way more than anything Marvel is doing for the foreseeable future. Now, hold oh, on. Yeah. Wait a second. Now, I would rather, all right, now, Wonder Woman or Black Widow. You have to choose oh, one. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, no question, right? Well, I'll choose Wonder Woman. This dies in Black Widow. There's no stakes. Stop it. Okay, but Eternals, I'm excited to see the Eternals because I really want to see where they're going to go with that corner of the universe as opposed to sequelizing a character that we have now seen in multiple films. BVS, the terrible theatrical You would rather League. watch Eternals than Wonder Woman 84. Where's Snyder my boy? Cut. Where's yeah, my yeah, boy? Yeah. There we go. Now, this was worth Snyder it. I'm, gonna put my, yeah. I'm done. Thank you very much for coming. Dunkirk. Dunkirk, uh, yeah. Yes, I would rather watch The Eternals than Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. Dude. Yeah. That's crazy. But you've seen no footage from Eternals. Right. And you know nothing about the plot. Now, I might see a- But you're an MCU guy. I am, yes. As much as he's a Star Wars guy. But you do not necessarily love the DC universe. No, that's not true. I do love it also. You don't like Man of Steel as much as we do. Well, that's not true. But you like treat it like a religion. Man of Steel's a masterpiece. It's- Yes, it is. Jake, Do not. Wait, did we ask for audience participation (laughs) in this show? Jake, you called Man of Steel a masterpiece. No, I love- No, I'm I'm, I'm with Kevin on Man of Steel. And BBS Unlimited uh, Ultimate Edition is- terrific. The BBS UE is amazing. It's terrific. And Eternals is going to be amazing. Okay. Now we're at the portion of this segment where we're going to get into what our number ones were. And by default, they made it to the list. And mine is, um, I go next and it's uh, Mank, which is David Fincher returning to film. Um, And I'm new to this. I don't even know what this movie's about. So you. Uh, So um, Mankiewicz was the writer of Citizen Kane. And this is a script that Fincher's father wrote. And uh, they tried to make it years ago, but they couldn't get a studio interested in it because it's about the struggles to get Citizen Kane made. And uh, that's intriguing to me because I understand, and we discuss this on the show a lot, like that, that people recognize Citizen Kane as an important film, but not necessarily an entertaining film. Right. Um, and it is. It's, it broke it's, a lot of ground uh, uh, for uh, the industry at the time. We made yeah. a comparison to it at lunch that I think made a lot of sense in the moment yesterday, which is people watching Citizen Kane at the time, which is a movie about uh, William Randolph Hearst. So slow. Would be like watching The Social Network now. You know, you don't think Social Network's going to be enjoyable in 100 years? Network will. Network is a, gr- is a better movie years. than Citizen Kane. I'm sorry. It is. Well, I, that's fine, but it is I don't care it is what anyone fault. says. I don't love Citizen Kane. I think I think that, that that's like a default best pick. Everyone calls it the best movie ever made. It's so boring. I think I think it. I, I, I hear. Let me say that. Let me say. Let me say this. Let me say this. All right, hold on. I understand the importance of what Orson Welles did, but I would argue that Hitchcock did it better than Rebecca a year before. And I think that you you think about. Orson Welles and the boundaries he pushed with Citizen Kane. The shots are amazing. The deep focus. I would watch that movie on mute because it's gorgeous to fine, look at. So do I that. just don't love the story. So do all. that. A, That's fine. I will. I and will. appreciate the visuals. Yeah. Okay, so anyway. It's so like Last Jedi. It's beautiful to look at, but good right. God, the exactly. story sucks. Exactly. Hey. Progress. Wait, wait, wait. Read the room, baby. They fly now? Uh, so Mank is Fincher's movie about the making of Citizen Kane, which alone has me, I, I stopped at Fincher. Fincher's making a movie, I will be there opening day. He got Gary Oldman uh, to play Mankiewicz. So if Fincher is collaborating with Gary Oldman, that's my number one most anticipated movie of the year. I understand now it's going to Netflix, which is changing the dynamic and the landscape of the types of movies that we anticipate. I hope it gets a theatrical release. 
Uh, I mean, it will. Irishman. Yeah, but he shoots. I mean, he shoots in such a format digitally that it will work on Netflix. He does. And like House of Cards, that I think I remember reading somewhere that House of Cards developed a certain aspect ratio. Oh, yeah, and Mindhunter. That he's so yeah, he's had a relationship he's, with Netflix he's for a while for Netflix. Yes, because he's all about the digital. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't know a release date. I know they've been filming it in Los Angeles since November. But you hear Fincher? It's automatic. With Fincher and Gary. Is Oldman. he your favorite director working today? Currently, I don't know. I mean, as long as Spielberg's still making movies, he's going to be my favorite. But is Fincher your other, outside of Spielberg, is he your guy? Yeah, he's my guy, for sure. What's your favorite Fincher movie? <sighs> seven. Seven. Yeah, that's the right answer. Yeah, seven is the right answer. Fight but Club. Zodiac and The Social Network and Fight Zodiac. Club are all, like, right behind it. They're all one A, B, C, and I like D. the game, man. How do you choose Fincher movies? Good Lord. The game's really good. I, actually, I don't mind Alien 3. I, I don't care. I don't mind. I mind Alien 3. I don't mind Alien 3. I don't mind Benjamin Button. That's the I one love that Benjamin Button. That's the one Why, that, that I will defend. That, yeah. Yeah. What? No? No, I love Benjamin oh, Button. Oh, good. Thank yeah, you very much. Benjamin I alone on an island here. Uh, number two is Jakey's number one. Yeah, so before I reveal my number two, I want to play a quick and like a quick side note of like, did you know this movie was coming out? And this isn't my number two, but did you guys know that there's a movie coming out in October that stars Tom Hanks yeah. and it is post-apocalyptic. He has a dog and Tom Hanks is about to die. So he's building a robot to take care of his dog when he dies. <laughs> isn't that like the saddest movie that you've ever heard? <laughs> in researching movies that I was anticipating uh, in 2020, I came across that. I didn't know it existed up to about 36 hours ago, but that movie breaks my heart just hearing the plot. Why is it, it called Bios? It's I don't know why it's called Bios. That's it's called Bios, and essentially he's created, like he knows he's dying, he's going to leave his dog alone. Like that just, in case you didn't tell, in the image, that's Daenerys right there behind Kevin's shoulder. That's my dog Daenerys. Everyone's seen Daenerys yeah. in the image? Everyone's seen you Daenerys. think it's my dog. <laughs> it's, it's on yeah. my side. Yeah. Daenerys likes you more it's, than me. It's almost as if Tom Hanks sat in his trailer one day and thought, I need to come up with a movie targeted right at Jake. Yes. <laughs> By the way, dogs, Tom's going to die, and he's in it. Lauren, my wife Lauren put on, and who's in here is here. Thank you, Lauren. Hey! My parents are here. Um, Lauren, the other day we were at home. It was over holidays, and we were like, let's watch some holiday movies and just relax together. So she throws on Turner and Hooch, <laughs> which I have never seen before. And so my wife, my wife and I, Lauren and I both know we do not like watching movies where dogs are hurt in any way. Um, like I can't watch Marley and me. I can't watch anything animal. I just, I just think animals being hurt in films is worse than watching humans being hurt. And that's, that's just the way I feel about it in films. Um, but Lauren puts this movie on with a very innocent vibe. Like, Oh, this is great. We're going to watch Tom Hanks with the dog. This sounds fun. That dog gets shot and bleeds out and dies. I could not believe that that happened. I've well, never seen that movie I haven't movie seen prior. it yet, yeah. Have you seen Turner and Hooch? No, I've never seen it. I just ruined the ending for you, sorry. <laughs> but it is the, the one of those fault. depressing- It's on Disney Plus. It's so it's depressing. <laughs> it's they edit that out. Yeah. Yeah. But I do love Turner and Hooch, but I just would never watch it ever again, so I don't know if- I, But no, this is the human dying, right? Not the dog no, Tom dying. Hanks is going to die, Okay. and he doesn't want his dog to be left alone by himself, so oh. he creates a robot to make sure his dog's taken care Why of not? when he That's dies. Give the dog to a family member. He's, I think he's by his post Apocalyptic. He thinks he's going to die. He's oh, like, I'm the middle of the so it's I Am Legend, but basically, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Do you know also that we have created the pod bays um, that you can sit in Wally style? And and glide around. Yeah. I don't know if you can glide around him, but I saw this. I saw this over the weekend that we've now created those bays that people can sit back in. So we are one Michael step bay. closer to. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not wheelchairs. They're more like ergonomically like a half egg kind of thing that you can sit in and glide. On the number two, Gabe. I'm Wally. On the number two. Wally Gabe? is definitely the best Gabe, Pixar movie. Me? Oh God, no, no. question. Uh, <laughs> my number two. My number one, which is our collective number two, is Dune. Yes, Denis. Um, and it is it is entirely director based. Uh, Denis is an absolute genius. He's he's a, both a visual artist and what he does with a story, and not just any story. One of the greatest sci fi stories that's ever been written in the history of mankind. Um, 
Gabe turned me on to that book, which I read about six months ago, and it is, I mean. Which you have to use a glossary for to read it. <laughs> you have to use a glossary to read this book. Okay, so all it means, all that means is you have you to educate. You stopped. No, you I did, did initially, I did. But all that means is you have to educate yourself. And I say that in the I sense stopped. that. I stopped, I stopped and I haven't gone back. Someone that has never seen Star Wars, someone that's never seen Star Wars, if you say, like we casually throw out Millennium Falcon, Star Destroyer, you and TIE Fighter. New Hope and know everything. Pick up a fucking book and read it. But you know it's it It's not that hard. No, 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 you need a glossary to understand Dune. We got our age. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just, a little pretentious yeah, to me. There's, yeah, but, but seriously, just it, it, it challenges you, and you can't argue against challenging because Nolan does the same thing. I, I know. But, but, it challenges you to step up your game, but during and, a book, I, and, and forgive me, flip to the back. How to, many times to, do you do that during a, a reading session? I, well, once you start educating yourself, it's not that bad. Because you have to flip to the back of a book? Yes. I don't want to flip to the back of a book while I'm reading it. I'm so ADD, I can't even stay. I'm sorry that there's not an Ellen Page character to walk your ass through every step of it. We were watching Inception. We were watching Inception the other day. Inception is like the most exposition-filled movie ever. I love it, but it's so exposition I'm sorry that Frank Herbert expected you to be able to follow along with intelligence. See, now you're making me sound like I don't like challenging stuff. You're making yourself sound this way. I'm saying when I'm reading a book I don't feel like 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 Nolan didn't go in Dunkirk he didn't go let me give you a glossary of what's happening here no we'll he come, said we'll I just don't right care whether or not this makes any sense no it makes perfect sense the movie's about the though? horrors of war you know what's better than Dunkirk is than 1917 1917 1917 is like someone takes you walk through the park and like gets you there safely and pats you on the back gives you some food and put here's, you in here's how you That's do it this is how you do it why are you going after Sam Mendes that is totally after me for saying totally I'm, not going, I'm not going after you here's how you do it I love Sam Mendes. you suggest a new idea by stating it once someone says they fly now they fly then now. you repeat it four to, times to cement at home someone says they fly now <laughs> and then a third person to really hammer the point home they fly say, now they fly now and go like through that. puberty in the middle of in the, the middle of it yeah, yeah that's how you get your point across right. you don't need a glossary <laughs> to learn right. that they now fly joking aside um i am very fascinated by doom because of denis and that's 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 the reason for sure why. i mean that, the visuals are going to be yeah. Astounding and yes. Brolin, yes. and Chalamet. the story's gonna be the cast Who, is incredible. Who's in the cast, yeah. Chalamet, Chalamet, Josh Javier Brolin, Bardem. Javier Bardem, yeah, Brolin, Brolin. How Brolin. long yeah. do you think Dune's gonna be? Timothy Chalamet, Oscar-Ozic? Uh, yep. Chalamet, yeah, Chalamet yeah. is in it. Yeah. yeah, he's the lead. How it's long? It's gotta be three hours. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, north of. Yeah, it should be three so, hours. So let me ask you this: So Denis puts out Blade Runner twenty forty nine, yep, which we all loved. It's an absolute masterpiece. Yep, Deacon's yep, 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 yep. a genius, right? So that movie didn't do well at the box office, right? What appeal will Dune have as a three-hour film to mass audiences? I mean, for us, Denis hasn't made a bad movie, in my opinion. Sicario, Prisoners, Enemy. My wife showed me Enemy. I love Enemy. Um, you know, uh, you, uh, what else is there? Arrival. I mean, yep. he's amazing. I said, I think I said Prisoners. Oh, uh, Arrival. This is Arrival's incredible. Yeah, right. That's his masterpiece. Arrival blew my mind. Yeah. But I mean, do you think? I, I think Dune when you see the, well, I think when you see what the visuals are going to be, which will be astounding. I think, I think visually, it's going to capture people. Right. Um, I think people are going to see that cast and say that it's incredible. And I think Denny is Blade Runner twenty forty nine visuals and cast. Ford Gosling. It all depends how they market it. Yeah. It's all going to be it's dependent on how they market it. Sure, there's an audience for it. Okay, there's an audience. I for mean, it. I want to see it. We shall see. But I just think it's a risky film to make. I mean, what, what, what year was David Lynch's movie? 
early eighties, early eighties, and that was like yeah. a very, 84. very much decisive, divisive among people who loved Dune, right? Like it was not uh, received well, right? Yeah, it wasn't received very well. Right. It was seen, it was deemed as super expensive. Like it yeah. almost bottomed out the studio. I've never seen Lynch's Dune. I mean, I've seen Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive. I, I need to watch Lynch's yeah. Dune. Yeah. All right. Uh, can anyone raise their hand and, and guess what our number one would be? <laughs> yes. Oh, Correct. Yeah. Number well one is Tenet. Well yes. Done. Number one is Christopher Nolan. If you listen to the show, you can understand that number one is Tenet. I'll let I'll let Kevin go first and well, determine why uh, it's his most anticipated film of 2020. Well, like, I mean, I have two Nolan films in my top of the decade: Interstellar and Dunkirk. Um, and I think you 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 think about a filmmaker who's genuinely trying to keep the cinematic experience alive. Um, every single aspect of the way he shoots that was his Nolan movies, actually. The every aspect of the way like we, today we were sitting at home we were watching Interstellar stellar in 4k and we're watching these transitions from the 35 millimeter shots to the 65 mil IMAX and in just that jump in aspect ratio and also jump in quality of image uh, as we go inside the spaceship in 35 and then outside in 65 IMAX in order to get this gigantic claustrophobic feeling but then you get this wide vastness of space with the 65 mil IMAX camera so to me Nolan is genuinely like Tom Cruise, right? Gives a crap about his audience. He cares about immersion. He cares about. So when you go see Dunkirk or Dark Knight or Interstellar in six and 70 mil IMAX at a science theater, that's those types of venues were designed for science movies. We grew up watching in high school that we go on field trips for feature films, taking us into that depth and that imagery was something I had never thought could happen until I saw the dark Knight. Um, and you think about him as a filmmaker and tenant while I know nothing about it, except for the international espionage aspect to it, it looks like memento meets inception in regards to uh, the timing aspect of it, manipulation. Um, I just think that that Nolan makes you work as an audience. Like he wants you to work. He wants you to be fully in it. And Tenet, like he cinematically wants you to go to the glossary. Yeah, oh God. I mean, that, I mean but seriously, that would be the same thing as him like going, let me stop here for a second and tell you what this means. That's what the glossary would yeah. do. But I, I, I or Ellen think, Page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and Inception's not in my top 10 of the decade for that, probably for that reason. I love Inception. But uh, but I just think Tenet looks incredible. Um, I think a lot of it's going to be shot 65 mil IMAX. It looks incredible to uh, yeah. see it that way. Uh, I know that if you really, if honestly, if you can, seek out a theater that's showing it in the format he shot it in because it's going to be insane. A huge part of the reason why I'm excited for Tenet Hoyt Van Hoytema. is because it's contemporary Nolan, which I feel like we haven't seen in a while. This reminds me of like Memento a little bit, which right? Which is great. Yeah. And even Inception to a certain extent. Um, and I, this is my critique leveled at Tarantino every once in a while, is that they, they often set their stories in certain periods and I would love to see them comment on things that are happening now. And so I got excited in, in the Tenant trailer when they were like, we're trying to prevent World War III. It just feels like it's giving him an opportunity to speak to things that are happening now, as opposed to, like Dunkirk is a compelling story, but it's a historical story that you could go read about if you wanted to. Um, or uh, Interstellar is so far out into the the nether regions that, you know, unless you connect to the story in some way, shape, or form, I'm excited to see how he does. I've heard it described, and I don't know who described it this way, when it was first sort of logged. Wasn't this debunked, James though? Bond. Oh, the G James Bond? Not his uh, North by Northwest, but him doing a James Bond-esque movie. Okay. Because uh, he's too good for James Bond. And like, if that's like His what name was is, floated around for a while, and I was really hoping he wouldn't sign up to do James Bond. But you'd watch the hell out of his James Bond Well, movie. we already saw it. It's called Skyfall. 
It, it's Skyfall is Nolan's Bond. It looks just, I mean, like Mendez, I think, in my opinion. You know, Mendez gets a lot of crap for, like, mimicking Nolan. I love Sam Mendez. I don't know if that's true. But that true. 1917 trailer was Dunkirk. It was a, tra- it was a Dunkirk trailer. That, that's, that's not his fault. Come on. It's, it's also he has probably full, not his come fault. Come on. Come on. Um, and that cast. I mean, the cast looks amazing. John David Washington, I'm really excited to see what else he can continue to do. Uh, getting Robert Pattinson, Pattinson together. Yeah, Rob, of course, is going to be in it. And, and uh, uh, you know, I definitely believe in I his I bet Michael Caine's going to be in it. Michael Caine is in it. He shows up in the trailer uh, for sure. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued with Tenet. Uh, Sean. I'm going to fast forward to July when this movie opens and go on record to tell you guys exactly how this is going to play out. These two are going to endure it and I'm going to have a lot of problems with it. And I'm going to have to be the lone uh not anti-Nolan, but, you know, I'm going to be the one who doesn't love it as much as you guys do. I'm going on record to say that. Right now, it's January 4th, and uh, I'm sure that it's going to be Nolan trying really hard. Who hurt Nolan. you? Hey, Sean, <laughs> so uh, when te- when the Tenet trailer dropped, yes. uh, Nolan did this amazing interview where he talked about his favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liner. Did you guys hear about this? <laughs> yes. So uh, te- uh, uh, Nolan was so fascinated, he loves Arnold. He does. Uh, I didn't know that. Did you know Christopher for Nolan's favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liner. Yes, that's, that, that's literally what it, that's actually what it was. Yes, thank you. That's a that was. Thank you. Let off some Wait, steam, tenant. If it, that is actually right. That that, that was the. Point. Oh God, there's two of you. How is that? How did you get that? I've been sitting on that for two hours, and I was like, I was like so excited like about delivering. Immediately, he got it. I told you it was designed for you. That's Cause awesome. Because his favorite one-liner from Schwarzenegger line. is "Let off some steam, Bennett." Let off some steam. No, tenet. they got it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know it's a really good joke when you have to really overexplain. I think it. the best part about a pun is to overexplain. Dude, you're the <laughs> Ellen Page of puns. There you go. It's a glossary. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. They fly now. They fly now. Sorry, that's they an inside joke now. for the three of us, and I'm going to keep beating into the ground. Yeah. Uh, Jakey, anything on Nolan? No, obviously, I mean, his name's attached to anything. I'm, I'm excited you guys touched on it, especially the uh, the Bond aspect that this is supposed to be his Bond. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. You know, it's, it's, but. I, I just would rather if, if if I had to pull a Sophie's Choice and choose between the two, I would rather watch Dune over Tenet. The hardest. Oh, there's no question. I would take you, Tenet. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, what should you choose? Because because Dune over Tenet. Yeah, no Tenet. <sighs> Thank you. No, it's Tenet. Well, I hope um, you two would just enjoy your little Tenet. Everyone's date. saying Dune. Dune. Well, those two, those three Come people on, are guys. saying Dune right now. Wait, if one movie <laughs> couldn't exist, you would go see Dune, a movie that's been done before over Tenet, which is an original film. Yes. Why? Gabe, you have a microphone. For God's yeah, sake, say Gabe, something, drop, man. Drop it. Oh, no, no, no. Gabe's gonna say Dune because you love Dune. I love Dune. It's yeah. Dune. He doesn't get. You don't get to discount his vote because yeah. he's excited about Dune. I you love, love Nolan too. Yeah, but he doesn't love. I Nolan. love wait, Nolan. Wait, but let, so let the man answer. So Dune is legitimately my favorite book of all time. I do oh, love well it. You, you do need a glossary, but for like the first couple chapters, you get it after that. But uh, Denis is probably contemporary directors. He's probably my number one. So him attached to the project with his pedigree of films, hands down. Uh, by, can burn. by a show of hands, um, I want to see from everybody uh, before today who actually thought Gabe didn't exist. <laughs> Just one? One person? All right, not bad. Good. Yeah, I like that. Gabe has actually appeared in our photos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, He's in the Quentin Tarantino photos. Someone twice. claiming to be Gabe uh, appeared in our photos. All right, before we move on, uh, I want to discuss ever so briefly uh, the rise of Skywalker box office. Oh. 
And I'm going to. Uh, That's awesome. Gabe said we're not allowed to talk about Rise of Skywalker during the podcast. No, I know, but I want. I'm going to do this in a positive way. I'm going to concede on the show that it's close enough to a billion dollars that I'm going to here hold this for me, Kevin. I'm going to pay. Yeah. I'm going to pay Jake. I'm going to pay Jake on the show. Yes, this is a ten dollar so, bet, right? Ten dollar bet. A Hamilton for a Hamilton. I'm good for my word. There you go. Oh my God. There you go. Thank you very much. Go. All right, Jake has been paid. Drinks on day. me. Let me yes, can, officially. <laughs> Sean, can I ask you a genuine question? Sure. Did you really think it wasn't going to cross a billion? I harbored hope in <laughs> humanity. Why would you root for failure? They would recognize. I wasn't rooting for Endgame to fail. You, you guys are much more malicious about Rise of Skywalker than I ever was about Endgame. Yep. That's not true. That is a hundred percent true. I never sent you links or anything about yeah. how like people didn't like Endgame. <laughs> uh, true. You stayed very quiet. You stayed out of that conversation. Yes. Whereas we sent you every link we could find. Yes. <laughs> people not yes. liking every bad meme that went after Rise of Skywalker. Um, I did think it might stall. I think it might. I thought it might have a great opening weekend due to pre-sales and then drop off from wow. that point on. So I mean, I, I think a billion was inevitable, but I mean, will it cross one point three, which was Jedi? Will it get to Ryan's film? It's not going to top Jedi. You don't think? No. Oh, I hope it does too. It's got a long time to go. Do you know why it's not going to top Jedi? Why? Because of Jedi. What do you mean? Yeah. Because no one liked Jedi. Therefore, yeah. everyone's pissed off about it. So they yeah. don't, they're not going to get Oh, I see what you're saying. Force Wiggins did 2 billion. Yeah. And but there's then 1. no competition. For Jedi. There's no competition. What did the uh, Jumanji? Bad Boys 3. A couple weeks, fifty yeah. million. That's Jumanji. Oh, no, and I'm, the kids yeah. are going back to school. Jumanji's doing okay. Um, the Grudge. Oh, which brings us to this week's this week uh, in movies. This week in movies, um, the segment where we like to talk about what's opening uh, and what we haven't seen. Make fun of the fact that we haven't seen anything yet. Uh, although the first movie that's opening when this airs, we're recording this on the Saturday before uh, the week that the show that the movies will open. So, like a boss, yeah. is the first movie that's opening, which is um, Tiffany Haddish and yeah. Rose Byrne and yeah. Salma Hayek. Right? Yeah, I don't even know if I'm if, if, the, if Hayek? the review embargo is lifted. I Salma did see Hayek. it. Salma Hayek. 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 Salma Hayek. Hayek. Salma Hayek. 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 Did you say Hayek? Salma Hayek. So Sean has these very interesting pronunciations <laughs> of names. Sam, Sam Mendes. Mendes. Sam Mendes. Wait, what was the other one? There was another big one that he pronounced wrong. For there was another one. There's another one that you used to miss. Colin Trevorrow. 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 Yeah. Trevorrow. Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow. Do you, do you know why we know it's Trevorrow? Because he, he, he told us it's Trevorrow. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. He said like tomorrow, but it's Trevorrow. Oh, well, yeah. uh, people who matter. People. <laughs> but you have, uh, re- you've seen Like a Boss. Can you talk about it? I don't even know if I'm allowed to even like talk. Is, has the embargo lifted when this airs? Sure. I thought it was funny. I mean, it, it's not like anything. I, I, I've kind of forgotten about it by this point. But I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was a glowing was, endorsement. It, I, I, I did it because I, I did the press junket for Head it. Head to your latest AMC. To see yeah. <laughs> Please go out and get yeah. your tickets. Yeah, it was, it was, Jennifer Coolidge is really funny. It was fine. Say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other movie that's opening this week is Underwater, the new Kirsten Stewart. Case Stew. Kristen Stewart? Kirsten Stewart. I'm going to call it Kirsten Stewart this time just because. How long uh, have you been doing this job? <laughs> for a pretty long time. Uh, we see that this week. So they are screening it, which is a good sign, um, but we have not yet. They're junketing it. Seen it. They are yeah. junketing it also. Also yeah. a very good sign. Yeah. And I want to point out that two movies that we've discussed at length uh, go wide, 1917 and Just Mercy. So go out of your way to see each of those. Just Mercy's excellent. In a theater. Yes. Yeah. Two very good yeah. movies. Yeah. 1917 is very good. Yeah. I, I, it's, yeah, I, it's, I, it's like Dunkirk, but good. good. Yeah. Oh, I just don't no. Why, don't, why would you do that? 
That's what like did he say? Nothing, 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 nothing. What nothing, did he nothing. say? You can listen to it when, we, when, when you listen oh, back to the show. I know what he said. What did he say? He said it's like Dunkirk, but good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, which brings us That's to fun. this week's blend game, uh, of which we're going to have audience participation as much as possible. We hope that everybody who came brought your picks with you. Uh, we are going to be doing hashtag 2010s blend, which is closing off this really fun, for me, really fun uh, decades look at each of the different things that we've done. As you guys know, if you've listened, we've done the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and now we're ending with the most recent uh, slate of 10 films. And I am going to say that Kevin gets to go first. Oh, and so so after we each give our three picks, if anybody has a pick, we're going to have uh, you all line up here at the microphone and you can either... Or cues. Again. Because we've got some A's. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can give your 2010s blend and tell us why it's your favorite. I need a good story. Uh, you can ask us a question, a Q&A, if you have anything that you ever wanted to know from the three of us, uh, or you can deliver a show screechingly bad, uh, like just stop the show completely with your we horrible want really, pun. I, I just, we really want puns. I Do we? Someone got let <laughs> off really, some steam tenant really already. I can't believe. I, I, I was pun. so happy for you to react to that. Yes. And that guy got it immediately. Yeah, got it. That was, that was amazing. All right, Kevin, you're up. Uh, I, I still think it's crazy we're sitting in an AMC theater. I used to work at AMC theaters. <laughs> I got fired from AMC. <laughs> I actually did. Um, uh, years ago, I was in high school. Um, Interstellar is my number one of the decade. No question. For me, personally, I just Murph. think... Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we were rewatching it today. Uh, it is... The score, Hans Zimmer's score, is everything to me in that film. Um, so let me let me clarify why this film is so great. Uh, so Gabe, please, we were having breakfast this morning around my table. We were having breakfast around around the table this morning, and I told Gabe, I, I called Gabe over because I was in the middle of watching Interstellar in 4K. And also, just a quick side note: if if any of you are ever lucky enough to. Um, <laughs> Uh, stay at Kevin McCarthy's home. <laughs> you walk into a room and he's just watching a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like he's in the middle of it. Like it, it was like the strangest dream. Every yeah. time I walk into this room, he has a different movie on. I, I think, Jake, join me. I think when I walked in, Kill Bill was on. It was. I had Kill Bill playing Kill when you Bill? walked in. We, we, Which one? <laughs> yeah. Which one? We watched yeah. Popstar. The only yeah, one I, there is. Popstar was on. Uh, Popstar is so good. Never stop, never stopping. Yeah. And yeah. so this morning I woke up apparently looking like an Abercrombie model. He did. What did we do, Tom? We did uh, Tom and Interstellar was it happened to be on the TV. Yeah. yeah. So Interstellar's playing and we're at the scene where they're on the water planet and I call Gabe over because Gabe was fascinated by the uh, transitions of the film, 35 to 65, because uh, Nolan actually does was a great he? job on the podcast. No, he actually was. He, were you Were you not? Yeah, you were. Um, he was. Anyways. Uh, sure, you were. So uh, the cool thing about Nolan's Blu-rays and DVDs is that he actually preserves the theatrical ratio when you actually watch it. So for example, if you were in a theater right now watching uh, Interstellar, you would have black bars in the top and the bottom of the screen for the 35 millimeter shots, and then it would go to full-blown IMAX for his IMAX. Max camera shots. On the DVD, they do the exact same thing on the Blu-ray. You actually get to jump up in the ratios just like he did when he shot it. So it's very much the theatrical experience again at home. And every um, time it would switch back to film, Kevin would go, it's film now. And Gabe would go, it's film, film now. And I'd go, it's film now. It's film now. It's film. Yeah. It's film now. <laughs> so we're all eating breakfast and I leave the table because I know one of my favorite scenes is coming up. Um, and my mom and dad are sitting there eating breakfast. And I'm like, mom, I'm out. Sorry. I'm like, and I go over to my the area and start watching. I call Gabe over and Gabe and I are sitting on the couch. And Gabe, you can tell me if I'm over 
exaggerating here. Um, the water sequence hits and then we get back to the spaceship um, and it's 23 years later in time. His entire, his kids have grown up in a matter of four hours. Uh, it is just <laughs> devastating. Uh, and when that scene plays out, McConaughey's reacting to the footage. So if you haven't seen the movie, when he gets back to the ship, uh, he's he's put in front of a, 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 like a TV and he's watching all the messages of his kids from the past 23 years. His son, Timothy Chalamet into Casey Affleck. Is it McKenna Grace? Is that who Chalamet plays? Yeah. And then um, uh, the younger Chastain into, into older Chastain's character. And so you're dealing with the devastation of a father watching his children grow up and go through all these emotional things that, and he wasn't there for. It all happened in four hours for him and 23 hours for, every, for everybody else on Earth. Uh, 23 years for everybody else on Earth. So Gabe and I are sitting there watching this scene and Gabe starts crying. And we've only been watching it for f- seven minutes. You started crying? And like Nolan, that's the power of Nolan. I, I mean, mean, I wasn't Nolan, sobbing. I you just, had tears. You, know. you, yeah. you got yeah, up yeah, yeah, and you yeah, were breathing yeah. heavily and you had tears in that's your just eyes. just how he breathes. I had tears in my eyes. You had tears in your eyes. Yeah. And for a film to do that in seven minutes without even like sitting down for the whole scope of it, that's a testament to Nolan. And I think um, Interstellar was the first time I ever felt emotional in a Nolan movie. Um, and I think that, you know, I love Inception and Dark Knight and Batman Begins, but they, I just, I, Inception, I always had a problem with one scene in Inception where I think Nolan could have taken the film to at a more emotional level. It's the scene when Maul kills herself and they, they cut to DiCaprio as he screams when she falls and they don't stay on DiCaprio, in my opinion, long enough for me to understand the depth of what that sequence you meant. hate Nolan. No, I love Nolan. I just think, I just, I just think that, I just think that moment could have been elongated to create, uh, because to me, Inception's more about the cool idea of how they're going through the depths of time and it takes me out of him getting back home. That's what I don't necessarily particularly care for. Um, but Interstellar was the first time I ever actually genuinely emotionally latched on to characters. Uh, the father-daughter, the uh, the devastation of the idea of a father leaving his kid at the age of 10 and not being able to tell his kid that he's going to save the world. Um, and then everything that happens and then through the ending, he's sitting there with his daughter who's in her 80s and he's still the same age he left. You know, and he's sitting there as a, you know, 40 year old, 45 year old man across from his 85, whatever year old daughter as Ellen Burstyn. Uh, and it just blew my mind. I've never, never, I, I know I've just never seen anything that took me to that level of emotion, but also at the same time just wowed me on a cinematic level. Um, Interstellar is Hans Zimmer's greatest score, in my opinion. I think it's the best score he's ever created. Um, I think it's a genuine masterpiece. That's a bold statement about the Zimmer I do score. think it's his best score because if you put on the the Blu-ray, even the score just playing in the, um, the credits with the dust falling in the bookshelf makes me cry. Um, and I think that, I just think that film is such, and there's no, uh, I don't think there's any green screen in the entire film. They did it all for the most part. I mean, you're just using CG clearly for the, the big special effects, the big wave on the water planet. But Nolan had, uh, outside of the spaceships, he had projections of what the actors were seeing as they were filming. So McConaughey and Hathaway and everybody on that, in that set could actually feel and see what space was like for them. And you don't have to do that. You could have easily green screened that. And to me, that's that level of dedication, that level of immersion. It's like him and Tarantino are those two guys who were just- Ron Howard did that for Solo. Yeah, yeah. well, Solo, no, Solo, yeah, he did. 
Yeah, well, Solo was just saying. Yeah, but it also has one of the worst scenes in the history of cinema. You're and one you, of the worst scenes in the history of cinema. You do know, Jake. You know that scene is awful. Gabe, one day you'll admit it. Yeah, thank you. Anyways, um, wrap yeah, it wrap up. It up. Right, Interstellar, my number one of the decade for every reason I mentioned. This is um, a very loaded. I no, can't. I will say, I will say though, to Kevin's point, because you, you mentioned that story. Even just seeing a, a GIF of McConaughey in that scene gets me teary-eyed because. Interstellar, I think, might be his best film. Not not McConaughey, but Nolan's best film because all of his timey-wimey, Nolan-esque little tricks that he likes Timey to put in Timey-wimey? That's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's an actual thing. It's yes. in the glossary. Thank you. Glossary. <laughs> Thank you. But, 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 but each one of them has a really good emotional weight to, to the characters in the film, which he doesn't usually doesn't yes. usually do. Usually it's just clever to be yep. clever. Um, and because of that, I can see a gif of that. And the the plot that he sets up of the the time change yeah. and, and kind of anything throughout that film wrecks me. So, so. famously, McConaughey didn't want to watch that footage. You know uh, the story, right? So, uh, or Nolan didn't want him to see it. So the take you're watching in the film is the first time McConaughey ever watched the, the 23 years of footage. Um, that's McConaughey genuinely reacting to that moment. That is the first time he ever saw it. Nolan didn't show it to him prior. They filmed it, and then on the day... That's his reaction. Genuinely reacting to actors playing made-up children. Yeah. Well, I don't dude, think he's a genuine. No. I think he is acting. I don't. I wouldn't say no, he's genuinely he's reacting. Genuinely well, reacting. That's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying exactly. Well, that's what that means. No, I'm saying he's acting in the moment, but responding to it for the first time for real. Isn't that what all actors do? No. Yeah. Like no, if, if you and I have a scene. And maybe like we have. Have you rehearsed. seen the Social Network? They did ninety nine takes. Well, that's the opening shot. But I'm saying that like whenever I'm in a scene, if I'm an actor and I'm in a scene with an actor and he's reacting a certain way, I probably haven't seen him do that before. Yes, you have in rehearsals. But if there is no rehearsal, not most, some actors don't do most rehearsals. Most directors do rehearsals. They ah. do table reads. No, ah. no, no. See, first of all, <laughs> he wants. You know, it's fine. McConaughey. Don't take this away from me. Come on. <laughs> right, McCona- McConaughey never hey, he saw He was the that one the all morning long while you were getting ready and the movie was playing the whole time. Make we had this movie playing this great. And yeah. Sean's just going, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. So this, your- was, this was my genuine reaction because I've only seen Interstellar one time. One time. I, I know. And um, so, again, like Jake says, when you enter the McCarthy's home, there's a movie in the middle of it's already happening. So you just come into it midway through. And... Um, Matt Damon was on the screen for, for people who don't remember that Matt Damon's in this. And I was like, Matt Damon's in this movie? Like, I completely forgot that Matt Damon's in it. And then Casey Affleck shows up. I'm like, Case, Casey Affleck's in this movie? I completely forgot. I had no recollection of these just people kept going. being in it. They just kept adding Matthew McConaughey's people. in this movie? I remember that Chastain was in yeah. it and, uh, and Annie. Yeah. Annie. Wait, but before we move on to your picks, like, Jake... I don't think I've ever really discussed with you your thoughts on Interstellar. Well, I love Interstellar. Like, I, th- I think there is some there are some pacing issues. I think there, it rushes when it should slow down, and I think it slows down when it should speed up a little bit. Um, but uh, but like time in the movie itself, they just can't get it figured out. Oh, interesting. Can I you? Th- this is a loaded question. Can you reveal your tattoo? My tattoo? Oh, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, it's on I his mean, butt. This, this one's not that crazy. This is just uh, the uh, Morse code that Murph sends to um, to McConaughey, the, the stay. Yeah. It and just what, says stay. stay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just says stay. Yeah. Which is like, you know, that 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 film to Tars, yeah, like the, my, 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 my experience with that movie was, was something I've never experienced before ever in a theater. It was the wow of the idea but then the emotional gravitation towards the storyline. And I think that's why Interstellar is my number one of the decade. All right, I'm up. Um, and I went through a lot of different choices, uh, like I would assume most of you guys did as you look back over this past decade. And uh, I settled on La La Land, uh, Damien's film. <laughs> because wow, <laughs> I could watch it. I could watch it right now. If they put it on the screen, I would turn around and watch it 
back to back if I wanted to. It is the it's an amazing movie. It is the one movie from this past 10 years that makes me the happiest. It is a magical, magical film. Uh, Rocketman? Yes, it is better than Rocketman. <laughs> Absolutely better than Rocketman. Sean, Man. why does it make you so happy? That was actually Taron Edgerton. In our, in our crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Taryn. Yeah. It's not your year. We know you're campaigning for the Oscars. Um, you guys probably know, if you listen to the show, how hard I fought for Damien before First Man. Coming off of Whiplash and La La Land, I thought that man was a straight-up genius. I still do think he's a genius. I think First Man was a misstep, but that's okay. We'll come back around to whatever he does next. Dude, you can't just throw that out there and not Their let react Their chemistry is the yeah, chemistry. Yeah, you blew past that real yeah, fast. First Man is incredible. The chemistry. I actually listened to an old episode where you were saying that, that First Man is his masterpiece. It is his masterpiece. No. It's his best movie. And it's I don't his wanna, worst film. I don't want to bring it's that back along to Anyway, worst film. so La La Land. Um, the two of them are so perfect in that movie. Uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling have the greatest chemistry that I've seen in years. Um, they're both so incredibly talented. Um, but, and you, you, you take it for granted that it's easy to put together a musical and it's just not, it's just not. Um, and not only that, but a musical that the, the only thing that I could sort of compare it to, and this is a deep poll is the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was a musical, where each of the songs... That's Lauren's favorite show of all time, by the way. ...forwarded uh, not just the story that was happening in that episode, but the larger stories that were happening in the in the season as a whole. And when you think about the fact that, like, okay, he had to write all these songs, and they had to move everything forward, um, but they had to be relevant to where the characters were at this moment. Uh, Isn't that all musicals? Not, but but not all of them do it well. Uh, so I'm going to argue that cats. I'm going to argue that that is one of the best examples of of a movie that that nails each of the different moments. So I went back to revisit it heading into this episode because I was like, is this really like, is this what I'm going to go with? And I rewatched the. Um, well, most of it, uh, but the opening sequence on the ramp. And again, everyone's like, oh yeah, how cool. He shut, he shut down a fucking ramp and choreographed it's that also a whole water. thing. It's a water. It's incredible. Yes, exactly. And it just keeps escalating to the point when they finally open up the back of the truck and everyone joins yeah. in like a Benetton ad. Blew my and mind. it's just yeah. incredible. And that's his opening. And he's like, he, we're going to go from here. And each number to me gets better and better. Um, and then you you get to her audition, which again, relevant for the character. I love, love the moment when Ryan Gosling, which should take me completely out of it because that's exactly the type of scene where I'd be like, this is bullshit. It would never happen where he goes to get her and says, essentially, you have an audition tomorrow. You know, you're going back for it. But I believe so much in them. I love them so much. So I thought that was so beautiful. She comes back. She has that what has to be the greatest scene that Emma Stone has ever done on screen before. Uh, the way that he back fades it out. Uh, and that alone, they could have stopped that movie right there. And I still would have been like, Chazelle, Rushmore, here we go. Um, but what cements it is the montage at the end that shows their alternate life together. Yeah. Which, again, on paper is probably brilliant, but no one could pull that off. You want like the bittersweet element to the ending? Well, the, no. When they lock eyes and then the they essentially see right the idea that they can't be together. But that yeah. But the whole sequence, right. the musical sequence that takes them through what their stages of their life would have been, and it pulls in that moment, pulls all the music from the movie yep. and puts it all together in a brilliant, just a brilliant sequence. And so for that reason, and. My wife, Michelle, is here. She'll tell you that for a year straight. Michelle aw. checked everyone in, by the way. <laughs> Look at that. Yes. 
She'll tell you that for a year, a year, I drove my family nuts by just going bum 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 ba dum ba dum bum ba. Like in any quiet moment, I would just bum 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 ba dum ba dum bum 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 bum. And PJ would be like, "We enough, enough! Will you please just stop?" And uh, so I love the music. I love uh, what Damien did uh, as from his choreography, from his direction. I love that it's a. Tr- I do love movies about the industry yeah. uh, very much, so. And I think, and it's contemporary, uh, but still talks a lot about the people who chase that dream and come out to Los Angeles, uh, which I think is relevant to a whole lot of people, uh, and put it into such an incredible, incredible package. And so that, to me, is my favorite movie of 2010. What was your reaction when Moonlight won Best Picture? Like, where, like emotionally. No, I, 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 I only bring it up because because that you was, are so emotionally attached. Yeah, no, that was really um, when you think about that. We glance over the fact that that happened, uh, that they announced. I still the can't. Wrong I felt bad because because the Academy Twitter account tweeted out the other day, like, "What was your favorite moment of the decade?" <laughs> yeah, and everyone. I don't think they were accounting for everyone just putting that can you on Im- there. Can you imagine that 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 devastation that happened? Right, yeah, that happened, and we don't talk about it enough. Like, we don't talk about it about. About the emotions of like the producer of like it was a Jordan Horowitz, Jordan uh, Horowitz. The, the the producer of La La Land up there looking at that note. I yeah. mean, I know this is old news, but I'm just curious from a perspective of somebody who loved the movie as much yeah. as you did, seeing it win and then seeing it lose immediately. I was actually yeah, and again, I put you know X amount of stock in an Oscar win because sure. I understand the process that has to happen. Shakespeare beat Saving by Ryan. For that yeah. to happen. Yeah. And and quite often it's not the movie, it's the campaign. And what's more valuable to you, Damien winning director or it winning best picture? I would like for it to have best picture. picture. Over Damien winning director? No, I would like both. If you had to, you had to choose one <laughs> or the other. important for picture. Um... Yeah, because I actually, tr- to, up to this point, I forgot that he won director. Yeah. I actually did forget that he won director, but I will always remember the Moonlight lo- yeah. beat it for yeah. right. for picture. So, um, yeah, I guess I would pick for that reason. Um, there were groans. Do people not like La La Land? I'm a little bit upset. People- right? You don't like it? Get out of here, Arthur. Wow. I love La La Land. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think it's a good- p- Ryan Gosling uh, saved jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's a great pick for Sean because Sean, Sean hits, Sean comes from a very emotional place of things that touch him in a certain way we've, we've had a lot of discussions in the show about like Sean being a father and uh, and having two kids and Jake and I not having point to the doll <laughs> children but my, my point being is that like, we all come from different walks of life so I, I, I love the pa- I, when Sean talks about a movie it actually makes me rethink what I think about it like, like, like Sean will be like in the process of explaining why our brother art thou or something is his favorite Coen Brothers movie and I'm like damn man I was like you really like you're like selling me on this like I, I need to go back and rewatch this so I appreciate the way you approach it. Thanks, man. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I, I don't, I didn't, you know, you pay, can pay me later. Jake has to go last. Like, on that note, it's like, okay, Jake, you can go now too. And everybody can start yeah. getting your picks ready because we want audience participation. Um, I think, obviously we talk a lot about how our picks are our favorites. And, 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 and to Kevin's point, there's a lot of like personal aspects of it. And I did my top 10 of the decade recently, which many of you probably saw on social media. And... 10 through 2, I think, can 110% be nothing but favorite and nothing what's in your heart. And, and But I think 1 does require an element of favorite, but also requires an X factor in that I think number 1 has a responsibility to speak to the times in which we live in. In the sense that if aliens land a thousand years from now and they, for some reason, want to understand what the 2010s were, they could watch this movie and go, I got it. And to me, there's no better movie to exemplify that than Social Network. Um... Aside from the fact that I think it's it's Fincher's best work as a director, I think it is arguably one of the greatest screenplays ever written. I have literally have the front page of the script framed on my 
wall. Um, I think is the performances all the way up to including Justin Timberlake are incredible. It's it's the equivalent of our generation's cave paintings where we're telling people what is happening in our world. And it was also not just what's happening in our world. It's also weirdly predictive of the world in which we would grow into. I mean, at the time, I mean, we all remember when we heard that there was a Facebook movie being made. We're like, there's a movie about Facebook. And then it it came out. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And then it came out. We go, oh my God, that's great. And then we all kind of moved on. And now with what's happened, I never thought I would say this, but I really want them to do a sequel to the social network because that story kept going. And now when you go back and you look at the social network, knowing, because it was 2010, knowing what ended up happening the rest of this decade with Zuckerberg and with just social media in general, all up into including Facebook, it's almost terrifying. You know, it's like the scenes leading up to Jaws before the shark pops out of the water. It's scarier than seeing the actual shark. It's everything about it is pitch perfect, brilliant. Trent Reznor's score. Zuckerberg, the dead-eyed shark in, the, in yes. that analogy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's popping out. Um, everything, Army Hammers, all the performances are incredible. I mean, everyone's working at, the, at their best. I mean, I think it's arguably, if not, maybe Sorkin's best work, which is saying a lot. <laughs> Um, I know, I know. I actually agree with you. I think it's his best script. Yeah. I, I It's been interesting because I think, while I think Fincher's best movie is Zodiac, I would argue that Social Network oh. is definitely one of my favorites. It's, you mentioned Army Hammer. I got a really funny, crazy short story where I was at a theater watching Social Network for the first time and I didn't know who Army Hammer was. So when the movie ended, I walked out and the lady asked me my opinion on the on the film and I said, those two guys who played the twins were phenomenal. Apps, like, who are they? And she's like, oh, that's one person, Army Hammer. I'm like, who, like, that is, that was yeah. just, it just blew my mind when I first saw it. I was like, oh my God, it's crazy. This two, it's one person. Was it like, like, I'm 280, 6'4", and there's two of me? Yeah, it's two of me. And because Josh Pence, I believe, played the, the secondary guy that they had replaced. But it was, oh, I love that, I love that movie. Yeah. It's so good. I still can't believe the opening shot was 99 takes. That's Fincher. That's insane That's Fincher. It's insane. It's it had to be. But then they used the fourth take or something like that. And how many Oscars did it win? None. It won screenplay. Did it win screenplay? Sorkin won screenplay. You know what's interesting, really? Jake? Oh, did it really? Yeah. You know what's interesting, nice. Jake? The year the year in Social Network was up. It was up against because King's Speech ended up winning. Yeah. Unfortunately, Inception. Inception and Social Network yeah. were in that late yeah. in that year. And which yeah, ones are we still talking about? Right. Yeah. Inception and Social Network. Yeah, because uh, Hooper went on to do such amazing things. <laughs> I actually feel a little bad for Tom. Do Hooper. you though? I do. do you? That movie is just because he's got an Oscar sitting on his mantle, and David Fincher yeah. doesn't. Something. How does a filmmaker of that caliber make something that awful? Right. Like I, I really want to know. I, I, and, and it's not one of those movies that's so bad it's good. It is. Ooh, just that a, could be a good blend game. What's the best? What's the worst movie from the best director? It's a genuine nightmare. It's a, it's an actual genuine. Nightmare. You got news, Gabe. Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if people want to line up, if you guys start line up, we, we, we want to hear, hear your, your picks 2010 for the decades. Picks. Or, or Q and A's. Or Q and A's. Or really bad pun. You can ask questions. You can up. give us your 2010s blend pick, and you can give us a bad pun as uh, well. Do you guys have an alternate pick? Do you have a 2010 backup? Alternate? That almost made it? My number two? Uh, my number two is Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner? I would, yeah. uh, Dun- Dunkirk's my number two. Dunkirk, was your wow. number two? Yeah. Dude, get off Nolan. I don't know if I had off one. Nolan, why? I don't know if I had He's one. brilliant. All right. All right. Up first, please. Yeah. And introduce and, uh, yourself and, and say where you're from. Yeah, state your name. Yeah. My name is John Palmer, and I'm from Philadelphia. Hi, John. Oh, you, know, you, came, you came here from Philadelphia? Yes. Wow. Outstanding. One of the, the leaders of the Philly Blenders. Yes. Actually. Beautiful. Yes. And my pick is Rogue One. Oh, oh wow. wow. Best, best Vader scene ever. Hmm? Yes. Because it's unexpected. I It would be... I thought it was going to be like Solo. Who wants to see a movie about them stealing the plans for the Death Star? 
and it's got the best ending of a Star Wars movie ever. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I agree with that. Very nice. Yeah, well done. Good you pick. Bad, you have a bad pun for us. Good a, <laughs> no, no bad pun. That's the it. best Vader good scene pick. ever. It's so good. My man. This Gentlemen, Kyle. hello. What's up, brother? I'm going to take the mic. Please now. introduce yourself. And, uh, yeah, uh, my name is Kyle David Perry. Uh, find me on Twitter and that name. Uh, How'd you get to DC? Uh, I road tripped with two of my crew over there, Pete and Arthur. Yes. Chicago yes. chapter. The four of us are now here. Kalina's finally here. How yeah, long well was done. the drive from Chicago to DC? Uh, 13 hours, two stops. We Arthur drove right on through. He's a wow. maniac. Impressive. 13 hours to hang out with us. Wow. Yes. Yep. Fantastic. I got to hang out with them too on the way, so that's a consolation. Yeah, that's it was outstanding. Great. So uh, on the way, during those 13 hours, I spent an inordinate amount of time putting together my top 20 of the decade. Um, I already had a sort of rough list, but I sort of spent that time chiseling down. Pete and Arthur can attest. I was in the back seat doing my own thing while they were jamming out. Um, and during that time, I put together my top 20. And Denis Villeneuve has three films yeah. in wow. my top 20. Wow. So I'm saying it has to be a Denis film. It has to. And the one that ended up on top for me is without a doubt, and these two guys know it, I said it a million times, it's Prisoners. Yeah. Wow. That's the film. Yeah. Yeah. That's Perfect. my 2010 Blunt Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Do you think he gets out at the end? Yes. Oh, yeah. You do believe? Absolutely. Like, yeah. The whistle sound, but do you, you, you do think he gets out? I'm the ultimate optimist, and uh, Detective Loki is an incredible detective. Oh. I think he gets out at the end. I don't think he does. You don't think he gets out? No. No one hears the whistle. I didn't know that. He hears the whistle. He turns around. I don't think he gets out. I think he does. I'm not going to say any more about it because I don't want to spoil it for my boys who haven't seen it. Yes. But what I'll say is just the script. I think is so incredibly airtight. Nothing gets me better than a good mystery. Not even a whodunit, but a mystery. You don't you don't know what's going to happen. Right, right. And there's so many moving parts, and everything, every single aspect of that movie gets tied up at the end. The denouement of that movie after the climax, every little mystery gets tied up, and it's to me, it's perfect. Great choice. I love good movies about that make you question what would you do in that situation. Oh and yeah. Imagine even like Sean, you have kids. Obviously, you know, it's, it's an do? understatement to say that, that you know, there, there's no length you wouldn't go to to protect them. And there is that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not here, but yeah. But uh, it really makes you question, like, where is that gray area in terms of, of being a good or a bad person when it comes to protecting your children? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, that's a yeah, great it's a great pick. Yeah, I do love my kids. And you I can also I'll, ask questions, too, if you want. Yeah. So, no, I guess I guess I'll take my question and I'll uh, I'll. Take it off the air. No, Take I'll, my question uh, off the air. So I'll, no, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate as Sean did, and I'll kind of pick you off of Jake did. What? Uh, how far do you think you would go towards Hugh Jackman's length, that character? How far if do you it's think it's my you dog go? to protect? Oh, and maybe Jake, you can answer this if it's yeah. Daenerys. Oh, I go full John Wick. <laughs> uh, everyone in the room is dead Ooh. to protect my dog. Um, remind because, me again. Well, what because he, he doesn't go full John Wick, but he 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 breaks a lot of laws. He hurts people to he, get his kids he, back. Oh, he. Okay, wait. I'm I'm trying to refresh my memory. He, he kidnaps Paul Dano, he, he tortures Paul Dano him, and all of that stuff. He is all him. but certain that Paul yes. Dano did it. Right, right. Oh, but there's that element of- uh, You don't really you're know. You're not 100% sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I would do that. I would 100%. I would 100% do that. I would torture Paul Dano just for the hell of it. <laughs> you're like, I hated the girl next door. Yeah, whether oh, he has my funny. kids or not, I'm just going after Paul Dano. Yeah. Good to know. All right. <laughs> it's a Thanks, blood man. feud, Dano. Coming for <laughs> you. There will be blood feud. <laughs> Jake, you nailed it! Yes. it Did you hear it? Nobody heard it! Did Nobody anyone? ever hears Say it! Say it again! Nobody ever hears it! Why do I always miss the pun? I always miss it. It was great. Was I it? said I have a blood feud with Paul Dano, okay. and he said uh, there will There'll be, be blood, blood feud. feud. Oh. Uh, there will be blood! He's so good at the pun! 
The irony and is that no one hates heard it. You are getting a, you're getting applause for your pun. We're begging for applause. <laughs> Hi, how are you? How's it going? I'm Justin from Southern Maryland. Hey, man. Hey. So my uh, pick for the last 10 years has got to be um, Edgar Wright's Return to Marvel. Did you guys hear about this? No. No. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> Edgar Wright Return to Marvel? Yeah. At World's Endgame. That was really good. That world's end game that's is really good. That's, that's amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jake, come on. That was really good. We are the worst podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm Jake. From, hey, uh, fellow Jake. Good from, strong name. That's right. Don't. From, uh, Jake, where from? DC. DC oh, area. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, my favorite movie of the decade is Creed. Ooh. Uh, good that is one of the best oneers I've ever seen. It's so, so good. Rocky's my favorite movie of all time. That nice. was like my 70s blend. But uh, it didn't necessarily mean that Creed was, you know, by default my favorite because none of the 80s Rockies, you know, Rocky Five was not the 90s one. And then 2000 wasn't Balboa, even though I love Balboa. Right. Um, but I love the mythos that it creates for Rocky Balboa. Um, like, for example, like Rocky's not even the greatest fighter. He says so in his own universe. It's yeah. Apollo. Um, and then like the little things like I wasn't around in 1976 to see the first Rocky, but leaving Creed... I like to think that that's what leaving the theater in 76 oh, yeah. felt like for yeah. Rocky. Right. Um, because, yeah, it has a lot of the same elements, you know, the, you know, the kind of first dates and, you know, uh, the way the fight goes at the end. Um, and it's so much so that like, I was so in the zone with the movie that I forgot they didn't play the Rocky theme until the moment Creed needed it the most. Okay. And it's like the most goosebump perfect moment in that movie. Yeah, man. You're like um, selling me on this. So, yeah. And I mean, and, and Ryan Coogler, I mean, he's just, right. he's, yeah. I mean, he won me over forever with, did with you see Fruvale? Yeah. I mean, right? that's, that's what do they do for Creed 3? Because 2 had such a great hook. You bring back Drago. 2 is good. What is, th what is 3 good? Like, how do you make 3 give Cl it a new Club hook? Lang. Clubber Lang. Mr. Yeah. Mr. T's yeah. kid. Exactly. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Or Clubber fight Lang Jr. Fights the robot. Be the um, champion. <laughs> he fights the robot. But, uh, just Are you a 3 or 4 guy? Uh oh, a three or four guy. Uh, three, three. Yeah, if I had to pick. Oh, but that was my probably question. Right. Was going to be probably the right answer. Just real quick, if you guys had to pick your favorite Rocky, um, movie. for me, the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I like sports movies where they lose because I yeah. think that teaches you more about life than winning does. Well, that's uh, real quick. I think the thing that's great about the first Rocky is it's not even a boxing movie. Right. The you best know, sports movies are not about the sport. Exactly. Yeah. It just uses it as, right. you know, kind of a tool. But yeah. Yeah. Jake, did you happen to hear about Sylvester Stallone's... Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> his, uh, his, <laughs> his, his, Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> favorite um, Aaron Paul film? Hold on. Aaron Paul doesn't have a lot of films. <laughs> What's the one where he's a driver? Where is he Creed for Speed. Yeah, come on. Oh, how about Creed for Creed? Yeah, that, that might work. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So my answer for the best Rocky is four. Okay. Um, because it's the one I grew up on. It's the one like, I, like that was the age where I got to go to the movie multiple times. But four is so great because there's a a music video in the middle of the movie mm -hmm. that shows you the first half of the movie. It's tremendous. It's there's no easy way out. It's just Stallone behind the wheel of the car mm. driving, and he's recollecting the in first half of the movie. It's tr it's terrific. I love that they let that happen in a movie. But I also just think Drago is the best. Obviously. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, of course. Thanks for Thank out. you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. And you are? You look just like my dad. Need for Creed. Vincent Vega. Need for, no, need. <laughs> Creed. Yes. Creed for Creed. 
Creed for Creed. And you even kind of like dipped down like Travolta did yeah, in that. You even kind of had to dip down to the movie. I'm it's Kevin's my father, dad, by the this way. This is Kevin's dad, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yes. So I don't, I don't want to tell you about my best movie because there's so many in my head. I can't pick one. Uh, but I want to give a little inside baseball to these fellas here. I had met Jake before. Never met. Uh, Sean, Sean, Gabe, no, Gabe. I'm going this way, Gabe and Sean. But I've been living a 24-hour podcast with these guys. <laughs> they go to bed. I mean, they go have dinner. They wake up. Everything you see here is exactly what happens whenever they're together. It's 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 amazing. Love you, man. Love you, Dad. Including right. the uh, me getting fed up and walking away at a certain point. <laughs> Dad, I love you. Thank you for driving out here. Thank you for marrying Kev's mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that was? My mom has all the spotlight. Yeah. He's trying to get in Stole on it. Stole a little Kevin's bit of that. Kevin's dad. Yeah. yeah. It's, Kevin, it's Kevin's Kev's dad. Kev's dad. Yeah. Kev's dad in 2020. Yeah. Yes. New hashtag. <laughs> Kevin's dad. Kev's dad. Uh, I'm Sam. Thanks, I'm, I'm from Arlington. Um, Hi, Sam. Hey, Thank you for coming. Back, back for more. Yeah. Um, my favorite movie of the past decade was Blade Runner 2049. Okay. You know, I just um, made a friend here. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that movie, you got Villeneuve and you've got Deacons working out of their mind. You've got the thing about Blade Runner 2049 is you've got a movie that comes out almost 35 years after the original. And so it's, it's completely accessible. I would argue if you haven't seen the original. And I think if you're doing something with that big of a generational gap, you have to, you should. The only other movie that maybe does that is Tron legacy, which I fucking love by the way. Hell yes. Um, and, uh, I mean, we got it it's, earlier. it's just such a, a beautiful film. Um, you know, it, it's definitely like my top for, for Villeneuve's work and all that. And I'm really curious to see what it's going to be like with him working without Deacons in Dune. That's why I'm a little kind of, who like, is it? Well, Greg Frazier. But, but Gabe brought up yeah. a good point yeah. in that, that shot Rogue One. Deacons right? sure. yeah. kind of already shot Denise Dune and that he did 2049. Like, well, like how really, how much different are you going to make those two? Look like 2049 kind of looks like what I would have expected Dune to look like. The Las Vegas scenes, sure, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, you were talking about like movies have a responsibility if you're going to put them at the top. I mean, look at everything that's in 2049. You've got overcrowding, pollution, climate change, yeah. corporate culture. Everything's yeah. there. So it's just like this perfect encapsulation of the time. But my my question really is, you know, Sean, you had mentioned Spielberg earlier. Every filmmaker, Scorsese, Spielberg, Fincher, everyone feels different in the 21st century. So what is the best Spielberg film for you guys in the 21st century? Uh, like looking back right now or that he's made in the 21st century? Within the, within the 21st century. So I guess that would be like what Minority Report on. Oh, I, I, go, I instantly, I go Minority Report. Well, because he, he said it. Well, no, that's what I would have said before he said Minority Report. I, I would go, I could have said the terminal, asshole. I mean, yeah. Minority Report's amazing. I would go Munich. Munich is really good. I love Munich. I think Munich's just... Uh, minority Report is truly an incredible film, though. Yeah. But Munich... Munich was... And I didn't love Lincoln, personally. Uh, that's my, that, that was my pick. Oh. Does that include War of the Worlds? That absolutely yeah. includes War of the Worlds. Dude, the... War of the Worlds oh, we world is incredible. We yeah. all drove to... <laughs> so yesterday we all got into uh, Sean's Jeep. Sean came over and picked us up. Um, at my at my house, and we all, we took like a, it is rental. <laughs> we took like a, a, a two hour trip round trip hour here hour back, yeah. and that's all we discussed was was films. And we got into a discussion about to the shock of no one in this room. <laughs> but can I can we just say how awesome War of the Worlds is? Because no one talks about that movie. It's good. That's, that's true. That, 
It's good. It is it's awesome. That opening amazing. scene, that when he, when, when the like scene an when angry Spielberg. Yeah, it's Cruise so is good. running through the streets and they're all getting zapped. Tom Cruise cares. We were actually having a long debate about uh, movies where Tom Cruise actually acts and doesn't just be Tom Cruise, <laughs> and he's legitimately acting in War of the Worlds, it's and it's a tremendous. Like it's it's really angry Spielberg. Yeah, it's, it's such a jaded, cynical Spielberg. So is Munich. Uh, Munich is also yes. Munich is a terrific film. Um, Do you think I, he's better in War of the Worlds than he is Minority Report? He is better. Uh, no. I think emotionally he's better than more than no. Worlds. Well, I just don't want to pick Minority Report is. because you said it. Um, you know that two people can like a Minority Report is tremendous. You Again, say, this, catch is, me if this you is can. really picking oranges and oranges. Um, also, you love The Post. I think they're both tremendous. And The Post was my number one movie the year that it came out. Yeah, so, God, so many. Yeah. So many. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. thanks, guys. Hey, man, thanks Very for good. coming out. Thank you, man. <laughs> I love your shirt. Love your shirt. Love your shirt. What is it? I like your shirt better than the movie. Oh, or the, uh, very better cool. Than, uh, the show. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice. She has a Baby Yoda shirt on for people at home. <laughs> episode six, seven, and eight were awesome. Wait, someone I don't care. pointed out a Mandalorian thing that I think got overlooked when the Mandalorian said uh, describing the Mandalorian yeah, race. Said it's a creed, but he said it to Apollo Creed. <laughs> that's amazing. I just oh think that's God. really fantastic. He says it to Carl Weathers. It's wow. a creed. It's an impressive thing in the show. Stop. Stop with your hate. Yes, I'm sorry. We're taking away from it. Hi, what's your name? Hi, my name's Michelle. Um, from, Hi, Michelle. Um, Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. County. Sweet. Where, where are you from? PG <laughs> County. PG yeah. County. Yep. Excellent. PG. Represent. <laughs> um, so I to continue the trend, um, mine's also a Denny Villeneuve movie. It's Arrival. Wow. Which yeah. one? Wait, Arrival? Arrival. God, oh, such a yeah. genius. Yeah. <laughs> Genius movie. Um, I mean, a good it's just, Denis it's, representation here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's amazing, but um the angle I come at it is strictly from Luis, like Amy Adams' character. Mm-hmm. My daughter was two going on three, and that movie to me said, if you knew that your child that you're supposed to protect is you 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 won't be able to do anything. Right. You're gonna yeah. lose them. Is it is the journey still worth it? Yeah. And so as a mom, that's my favorite Mother's Day movie, and I cry wow. every time I watch yeah. it. I awesome. never thought of it that way. That's yeah. so awesome. What, it, what a great in a weird way. I, I what you just said <laughs> kind of reminds me of what, uh, and this is gonna sound super strange, but stay with me for a second. Um, <laughs> if you think about a dog's life, right? We know a dog is gonna pass away between the age of eleven and fifteen years old. Somewhere, I don't know, however long dogs laugh. Right. No, 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 no. But, but her point was, and then the twist of arrival is like she knew something horrible was going to happen. But you know, it was, is, is the journey, is the journey something yeah. that you is worth going on? And that's the way I think about with animals, um, in the sense of we know we're getting a short journey with them, but it's that time you spend with them that to me is is what's worth it. And I think what you just said to me is what resonates in that film so well is the idea of like you still want to have that time regardless of how short it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways. Arrival was absolutely one of those uh, movies too where I watched it a second time with Michelle and when I knew the reveal was coming, I just turned yeah. and, and <laughs> stared at her. Do you remember that reveal? <laughs> oh, it's true. I, I, I will never forget sitting in a theater no, watching that reveal. it's as good as Usual Suspects it is type insane. thing. It's, it's a terrific reveal. That movie Great choice. is wild. No, it's amazing. Like it's, Let's I, show it now. Yeah, I actually, you know, it's funny. Based Ladies on and gentlemen, said, didn't even. Sean, Sean does this a lot to me. Like, he'll make me rethink that. Now I'm thinking Arrival should be on my top 10 of the decade. I love that movie. Let's watch it tonight. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, uh, uh, Jake, we're going to watch Arrival tonight. Yeah. All right. All right. It's game. I, I mean, no, I, I know. I know. Don't get a vote or anything? I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So um, I do have a quick question just because yeah. um, I was dreading this moment just because I'm a very nervous person. You're doing great. You're doing great. Um, but my question, so my question is um, during a junket, it's like an all day thing, right? How do you shake off 
an awkward interview oh, yeah. or something that's just gone horribly wrong just so it doesn't affect the next interview? What a great question. Oh, I, I have a, a, I have a Nolan question. story for you. That's a great question. Yeah. Jakey, start that one. Um, it's, it's 99% of the time, not your fault. Um, you know, I kind of chalk it up to every, every person sitting up here and I'll, people in the audience as well that do these, uh, we do the absolute most work we can possibly do to ask questions that are fresh, that are relevant, that are different, that are unique. Um, and there are going to be people that just don't respond or don't care or they're tired or they've had a long day or maybe they, maybe you bust your ass over a question and someone has asked that before it happens. Um, all you can do is the absolute best you can possibly do. And if you walk out of there and it doesn't go as well as you possibly think, that's, that's, that's all you can do. My, my thing that I used to let that bother me to your point that really like that would, that would sit with me, especially if it was someone I was excited about. And then I got to the point where I did the absolute best I could possibly do. And if it doesn't connect, it doesn't connect, you know, like that's, that's all it is. Yeah. Cause I'll say you, you don't ever shake it, unfortunately. And I no. think that that's the good thing is that if, if it, if it didn't matter, if you didn't care, right, then you, then you, you're not doing it for the right reasons. And so I'm, I still get incredibly nervous um, yep. when you're on deck to go into those rooms, when you're just waiting to go, uh, it, no matter how much preparation you put into it. Um, and they sometimes it's gone wrong. And sometimes what I've learned to kind of do over the years is not to put as much expectation, like you said, into it and sort of treat them like it could go one way or the other. Um, but we'll, we, like you said, you, we put as much preparation as we can into trying to get all those answers correct. And um, when they go wrong, you do. You beat yourself up over it in the moment. You know, you kind of just hate that it didn't necessarily go the way you wanted to go. And then a lot of times you go back and rewatch it and it's not nearly it's never as bad. But on the flip side of that, we've also had interviews that have gone so yeah. well that we all kind of look at each other and go, I never want to interview that person ever again yeah. because it can really only be, it can only go downhill. Sure. You know, there, there are people that I'm kind of good. Like if I got hit by a bus walking out of here, I'd go, hey, I was good. Yeah, yeah, I was good. Yeah. Yeah. Without exaggeration, when we got the opportunity to do Tarantino the second time, we, we had a conversation of like, do we really want to even jeopardize the 20 minutes that we had, which is yeah. like comical now yeah. at this point too, because 20 minutes is nothing compared you always to remember two hours. The last time. Yeah. So and it went, it went well and you didn't want it. You didn't want to jeopardize it again where, where, where he would regret like, why did I do this again? Like this didn't go as well as it should have. To your question, I, I'm, I'm a lot more, I feel like I'm more weak in regard to that regard. It, it just, it destroys me if something like that happens because especially if someone, if it's like a hero of mine or something goes wrong, I know while it might not be my fault, it would just, it just, I mean, I've called Jake crying after some a moment that Nolan, Nolan's story, this is crazy. I'll, Keep, I, I'm going to say I'll keep this brief and so go 20, 25 minutes. Everybody take a shot. Take a drink. I'll keep it brief. Guys. So I actually, one of my best friends was getting married um, the weekend that Interstellar was junketing. And I was just like, I'm, I have to go interview Nolan. I got invited. Chris Nolan was in, in an email, uh, in an invite saying you're going to interview Chris Nolan. I'm like, I, I'm, I have to go. Um, so I figured out a way to, I feel like a jerk, skip the rehearsal dinner. Uh, even though I was in the wedding. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that detail. Yeah, it's Nolan. It's worth it. Um, so anyway, so I go out there and I would make it back in time for the wedding. So it was all good. My friend was totally cool with it. He had no problem with me doing it. So, so I, I go out there to LA 
LA for this one night, knowing that I'm going to be in this wedding and I know I'm missing the rehearsal dinner and, but I want to interview Chris Nolan and turns out one of my favorite movies of all time is now interstellar. And it was a big deal for me to be in a room with Chris Nolan. I had my memento ticket from 2001. My dad and I went to New York city together in 2001. And, uh, we saw a memento at Regal Ewok. Uh, it was called Regal Ewok, whatever it's called or Ewok or something or something like that. Um, on in times square. And I still had my tickets. I plotted it out. I was so excited to show it to him and then just break down the filmmaking of interstellar. I was the first interview of the day and junket interviews. The microphones are boomed up. So Nolan sits, sat like this and I don't think I didn't realize what was going on until like a minute into the interview, an audio person literally interrupted Nolan and stopped him and said, uh, we have to fix this audio situation. So I mean, keep in mind, I have four minutes with Christopher Nolan and I've missed my friend's rehearsal dinner. And I'm just like, I want this to go well. And the, they stopped the interview and then we restart again. Then uh, about 30 seconds later, they interrupt him again in the middle of his sentence. So Chris Nolan is one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, but he's also somebody that intimidates the hell out of me. Like he, like he scares me. I don't want to piss that guy off. So I'm sitting there. I'm the guy across from him. It's not my fault, but he's angry. He's genuinely mad. I mean, the audio is not right. There's something wrong with the microphone. So that happens again twice. Then it happens a third time. Someone in the hallway is talking. He says, can we please stop again? And he said, tell someone to go outside and tell that person to be quiet because it's bleeding into the audio of our interview. So I'm just... And that person was? It was his wife. <laughs> um, now, his wife's a producer on the movie. She wasn't intentionally trying to do anything. She was just talking to somebody outside about whatever junket details were going on that day. So I'm just sitting there. I am just crushed, devastated, absolutely devastated. Um, interview ends. It's, it's gone worse than anything I could imagine. Like I was just like, I leave the room. I call Jake crying and I still have McConaughey left. I still have Anne Hathaway left and I'm just ruined for the day. I mean, I, I don't even want to go back and look at that footage now of McConaughey because I was probably just like in my head thinking about how badly Nolan went. And I, I needed to be better about moving past that moment. So I actually went to Paramount Pictures, uh, the studio, and I said, you need to let me go back in that room again. That's ridiculous that, that, that all that had just happened. It's not my fault that the audio was messed up. So I actually took it upon myself and forced them to put me back in that room. And then we ended up having a great interview. Um, but to your question, and it ended up working out great. I got to use both pieces of it. But to your question, I don't know how to get over that. that. That that just destroys me. If somebody is that angry in front of me and he's a hero of mine or she's a hero of mine, um, I can't mentally get past it. So I did because I went back in. Right, I went back in. But it was a. But that was genuinely the scariest thing. It's ever, like, as an inner like if Tarantino got mad at me, I would. I, would, I don't know if I'd be able to live my life anymore. I, I just wouldn't be able to. We won't tell you what he said about you then. Yeah, I know. Thank I know. you, Michelle. Thank Appreciate you for coming it. out. Great Thank questions. you. Yes, that's Thank a you. really good question. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great question. I feel like I'm in therapy. This is great. <laughs> All right, uh, my name's Harry from Montgomery County. Harry. Yeah, I met Kevin a couple times. Before. Nice. Up, Harry. Yeah, uh, Jake and Sean for sending you. Um, Dude, good to see you, man. All right, so first off, I have a pun. Um, yes. So, yes. So you guys know uh, Ray from Star Wars. Of course. Yeah. You know who her favorite director is? Ooh. No, I didn't. I didn't know Ray liked films. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 What, what she that? likes um, Daisy Ridley Scott. Oh. <laughs> wow. Outstanding. Daisy Ridley Scott. 
Yo, know, she told me that in an interview. That's well played. Thank you for bringing that up. If we were to fire right. someone yeah. from the podcast, are you available? Daisy Ridley Scott. And, anyways, Daisy Ridley Scott's pretty good. I love it. Yeah, she's pretty um, damn good. Anyways, my pick for 2010's blend is um, also from Damien Chazelle. It's Whiplash. Nice. Nice. Well Excellent. Uh, Which, by the way, he made because he was mad he couldn't get La La Land made. Think about that for a second. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I feel like I can relate to Miles Teller's character because, you know, I was also in band and uh, I played the clarinet. Uh, I played clarinet in band class in elementary, middle, and high school. Were you rushing or, or were you dragging? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know uh, what it's like to have an instructor to push me. Not in the way like J.K. Simmons did with like all the insults. But, but, uh, well, people don't know is that that is exactly what Gabe is like yes. while we're trying to get the show up and going. He like throws like a, the, the blue snowball mic at our head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think... Uh, I, I appreciate how Miles Teller's character is just—he's just going all, all, all out of his way to be the best drummer, and yeah, I think he's fantastic in the movie. And J.K. Simmons' performance as Terrence Fletcher is my favorite of the decade. Awesome. Uh, sometimes when I'm bored, I'll look up like clips of J.K. Simmons as Terrence Fletcher in Whiplash, just because he's so damn good in this movie. Yeah. When you were looking up those clips, did you happen to see the one where uh, they, they, they Miles Teller talks about his favorite Kevin Costner movie? Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. Sean, did you hear about this? <laughs> His favorite Kevin Costner movie? You, 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 you saw this clip, right? You had to, right? <laughs> 3,000 Miles Teller to Graceland? <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, come on. That's a, a great one. Sorry. Don't, don't, no. Yes, no, please. because you all get to go home after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I was rewatching Whiplash uh, a day ago because I hadn't seen it in its entirety in a while, and I figured this would be the one to put at number one. That's awesome I, also, I also made like a top 10. Uh, Interstellar is also up there in my top five. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I think Damien Chazelle is one of the best young directors working today. I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, same here. Awesome, man. Thank Appreciate you. It. And I have a Q&A. Oh, yeah. sure. Yep. Yes, please. So, I love the blend games you guys play. Uh, on the way here, I was on like one of the buses, and I was listening to the trailer blend game you guys played. Nice. And I have a suggestion uh, for a blend game. If please. If you guys haven't done it. Uh, have you guys done comedy blend? No. Like your favorite name your favorite so. comedy movie? I don't think we have. I'm I'm trying to get bathroom blend to happen, but they will not <laughs> not gonna happen. I'm still trying. Please help Very me get hard. that trend. Hashtag bathroom blend. Be best bathroom scenes ever. Comedy <laughs> blend is good though. Comedy I like blend is comedy. Good. I like that. Very I nice. like that's a good pick. Good suggestion. All right, man. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Hi, brother. We'll see you out there. We'll see you next. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Harry. Thank you very much. Wait, Gabe, real quick. I, what's your? Do you have a top of the decade movie? No, I don't do that. Do you have one though? Can you can you can you just give one? What's your what what will be on your list? I will say uh, we have about five minutes left. Okay. We have two more wonderful people it. that joined right. us. So if you have a question or if you have a pick, that is Gabe rapping the entire audience. We're rapping everybody. <laughs> we are gonna, we're gonna do a big group photo at the end too. But yes, we want to get yes. to these last two. So please, yes. please. All right, I'll make it fast. Um, Teddy from Arlington. Teddy. Uh, so. <laughs> I have a lot of different things I think about when I try to determine what the best movie of the decade is. So I decided on what was the one that affected me the most viscerally, and that's uh, 2017's Good Time by the Softy Brothers. Oh, yes! Yes! yes. That's a great, <laughs> great, great immersion, man. I watched that movie at 9 p.m. at night, like two other people in the theater. I usually have a tendency to like drift off at a late night movie, but at the end of that one, I felt like I was ready to run a marathon. Right. <laughs> Have you seen it's, Uncut Gems yet? Yes. Uncut Gems, also fantastic. Yeah. Maybe supplanting that good time eventually. But uh, just good time is just so intense, so thrilling the entire time, the way the stakes keep escalating. 
And uh, you'll definitely never think of Robert Pattinson as a sparkly vampire again. Uh, his performance is just fantastic in that movie. So yeah. That's a good pick, man. Great good pick. time is Great a game-changing film. Do you film. know Robert Pattinson's favorite, Dude. Dude. <laughs> favorite Cindy Lauper song? Fa- favorite home. Say that again. Oh. Favorite what? Robert Pattinson has you, a you favorite had the power to cut his mic. Cindy Lauper song. Cindy yeah. Lauper song. Yeah, Dude. I hear about this. Yeah. This is a good interview clip I saw. Yeah, yeah. Go it's ahead. Good, what are you like? Eighty. Good time after time. Yeah, oh, that's good. Cool. Time yeah, that's time. a great one. Thank, Thank you for right that. Right. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well done. Thanks away yeah, in pain. Yeah. That was a good pick. Thank, thank you, Teddy. Thank you. All right, last one. Here we go. No pressure. Everyone's watching. Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm from Arlington. Hi, hi, Lauren. I'm actually Teddy's my boyfriend. Oh wow. We disagree on a lot of movies, but we watch a lot of movies together. So, but you, um, actually, you at least have a good time watching them. Um, we do. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I kind of feel like it's cheating because my favorite one that I decided on is from 2019. But okay. oh. I'm only 25 and I don't really remember what I was watching like when I was in high school and probably none of it was very good. Right. So um, it got me thinking when you were talking about like you know, whatever your number one should be, should be very related to like what's going on in the world right yeah, now. I said that. That and my, I said. <laughs> this is a very good point. And my pick, I feel like has been just like super underrated and it's the farewell. Oh, wow. Um, That's a great story. There you go. It's, it's like very quietly wonderful. And I personally, I mean, I love Star Wars, but like don't really relate to Star Wars. Don't really relate to like sci-fi movies. (laughs) But actually I haven't even seen the new Star Wars yet because of my like level of interest is very low. Sure. But, um, like I, see, Sean, you can't, you can't digs like that. Let her her finish. She's saying really good things. My, my family's not Chinese, but like my mom grew up very poor and my dad was born in Cuba Mm -hmm. and I related to the movie in so many ways that I was completely like, it was unexpected and it was, you know, almost a comedy at the same time as being a drama and it still managed to have a happy ending and I loved the soundtrack Mm -hmm. and I feel like it just, you know, is very related to like what it means to be American and the the immigrant experience and like loss and mourning and families and and I I also think it's like a really good point that it was directed by a woman Mm -hmm. and there has been like a lot of talk of like women directors not getting like the credit they deserve like especially in awards shows so um yeah, that was that was my that pick. Thank you. Fantastic yeah. pick. Great I thank love you. that it's wow. so personal for that reason. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you very much for sharing that. All right, we are going to bring this in for a landing. Um, we uh, honestly, there are no words to express yeah, how crazy. happy we are that you guys were able to spend time with us on Saturday. Um, next week's blend game. Uh, we the game goes on. Uh, we are playing hashtag scene blend. Your favorite scene of all time, and the definition of scene is very flexible. Um, You can have it be whatever you want it to be. The joke coming over here was that if 1917, the entire movie, um, from the time the guy starts at one tree and ends at the other tree is your favorite scene. It is one scene. That can be uh, your favorite scene. We Um, will make fun of you. It can be as long or as short as you want it to be, but we're going to play hashtag scene blend. Again, your favorite scene. Uh, I want to thank uh, first off, everybody for coming. I want to thank AMC uh, 14 here in Georgetown, the great AMC theaters who have been very supportive of this show. Kevin, uh, we hope to potentially what is, do some uh, more things. What is George Lucas's favorite theater chain? Oh, what? Oh, oh my God. Whoa, where did that come from? Everybody get ready. Yeah, go. Is it is it AMC 3PO? Oh, oh I like that. 
Yeah, I'm only bad. doing that so that when we not get bad. it to episode 200, I we'll like also that. get another theater. <laughs> not bad. Very good. Uh, you guys obviously know you can follow the show on social media at Real Blend. Uh, you can follow the boys at Kevin McCarthy TV, at Jake's Takes, uh, at Sean underscore O'Connell. Uh, follow at Real Blend. Leave us a review. We are not reading a review on this week's show, um, but we'll be back at it next week. Am I with, doing the um, video for this thing we're doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then um, we, so again, th- thank you to everybody who took time out of your Saturday to come to the live recording of uh, episode number 100. The only way that we could potentially, oh, sure, please, uh, everybody else gets an applause. And um, Kevin is going to record the the final bit because the only way that this could end is with everybody screaming Dunkirk right. as loud as you possibly can. Yeah. So um, from the count of three, two, one. Dunkirk! Solo name scene. No. Hey. Ever. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.